Welcome to the Zenyan Zones Little Zone with me, Esther Sears. And me, Gareth Gwynn. This is the version of our podcast where we look at a specific month in Zenyal history. And this week, it's January 2014. January the 8th, the first known interstellar meteor hit Earth. Somehow I don't remember this. But so the first ever first ever interstellar meteor to ever hit Earth. It landed in Papua New Guinea. That's the that's the only other fact that I've got on my phone. And now I'm going to look at the proper notes I've got. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is the only one they know about, right? Because, oh, there will yeah. There's definitely been others, surely. But they had to wait a bit. <laughs> they confirmed it in 2022. Oh, so prior to this, were the meteors sort of? domestic meteors yes i mean from what i understand it came from like read somewhere one of the thick bits of the milky way (laughs) 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 and everyone will know what i mean by that (laughs) yeah no because you can in your head you can picture the milky way i go oh yeah 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 the thick bit of the milky way yeah exactly In 2022, then, they confirmed that a suspicious space rock that hit Earth in 2014 came from another star system. Right. So what I wanted to find more than anything, because as someone who's not, I'm not very scientific, but I love shock and awe. I wanted a photo of the meteor. Yeah. On Earth. You want you want a crater, right? You know when a politician points at a pothole? <laughs> I, want, yes. I want a picture of someone pointing at the meteor and looking sad because it's hit their deck chair or something yes, like that. Yes, yes. But no, I cannot find a photograph oh. anywhere. Very disappointed. I know. I googled Papua New Guinea meteor photo. <laughs> <laughs> there was a story, though, about some guys. Um, the story was, local government official says an American research team from Harvard took meteorite fragments from the sea. Oh, so it was in the sea! From the seabed oh. without permission. The government of Papua New Guinea is under pressure to abandon a security agreement with the US after an American research team working off its coast stole fragments of a mysterious interstellar meteor from the seabed. Um, It comes at a time when the US is trying to strengthen its security links with the country to counter the growing influence of China in the Pacific. Whoa! (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, China's a big deal, right? It's always been a big deal for America. So why would they jeopardise this crucial strategic link? Well, two things. First of all, probably because the people who have gone to like pinch a bit of meteorite probably didn't think about the global <laughs> political implications. They probably just went, can we have a bit of that rock? Secondly, <laughs> um, the bit of that that's odd is that it says they only took fragments. Mm. So where's the rest of it? I think because they managed to measure where it hit, but I don't. I think it may be fragmented. Oh, and because it's in the sea, you know, there's movement. Um, yeah. So I'm wondering if maybe because there, there's some talk here in another um, publication uh, saying that a team of researchers say says it has recovered remnants of the meteor from the floor of Pacific, Pacific Ocean. So it's remnants. Oh. Mm. Oh, so it doesn't all exist in one piece. This no. is like one of those. This is like the end of a slightly disappointing bit of the Antiques Roadshow. Oh, it is. Where, where they're a bit like, well, if you'd had it all, yes. it would have been worth this. But yeah. unfortunately, because 
this version of a ventriloquist doll from 1938 is nothing but an eyeball and two teeth. <laughs> That's horrific. <laughs> God, yeah. But, but I imagine if it fell in your garden, it's I reckon it'd be less likely to fragment. Oh, yeah. Especially my garden. I've got fake grass. <laughs> cushion it. Bump. Like landing on a pillow. <laughs> I'm genuinely going to be disappointed if this doesn't happen now. Genuinely. <laughs> um, actually, out of interest, if you did see um, a meteor hit Earth, what, what, what would you do? What would be the first thing you do? Who would you ring? This is exactly what um, 101 is for. This is the non-emergency. <laughs> this is. Me- surely, meteor hitting the ground is a classic 101 issue, isn't it? Yeah, it's vague enough. It's vague. It's a bit... It's kind of vandalism. <laughs> I, I imagine they'd approach it the same way they approach a Banksy. Yeah, yeah, they would. <laughs> Just put perspex round it. No one's going to touch it. It's fine. Yeah. Have fine. it appear on Wales today. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, it's worth a lot of money, but how? But it's one of those things where it's so valuable. Like, how do you really put a value on something like that that's oh, out in the world, you it, know? If it lands on your property, is that yours? Oh, farmers would say yes. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, I think <laughs> because my my uncle's a farmer, and he seems to think that lay buys are his. <laughs> what a lay buy that goes Lay-by? into his land. So any roads that kind of go past his fields or through fields yeah. and stuff, if there's a lay buy on it, it's his. <laughs> I don't think that's true, is it? No, it's not. But you can't argue with a farmer. <laughs> What's the advantage of claiming the lay-by? I don't know. I think I think it just annoys him that maybe people park there. <laughs> so what, is he going to block the lay-by with a fence or is he just going to do a picnic tax and ask for a sandwich every time <laughs> someone pulls over? <laughs> I don't know. I was just on a family thing and I just heard him say it. I just heard him say, "Who do they?" It was something along the lines of, "Who do they think they're? Do they think they own these laybys? They're, they're no, mine." No, they don't kind of think thing. they own their layby. That's absolutely not what they think. I have stopped in many a layby over the years for many different reasons, and at no point have I ever gone, "Well, it's mine now." <laughs> God is right. Uh, also, yeah, I've I, never I... even considered who owns them. No, let alone no. that they might be mine. <laughs> <laughs> they, that is de- a, surely a lay-by is government. It, it's whoever owns the roads, yeah? That's like the highways agency, presumably. And then within yeah. that local authority, I guess they have responsibility. But, it, but Yeah, c- like but... These, these are the sort of normal thoughts. <laughs> like, maybe this belongs to the local authority. <laughs> I'm going to put something out there. You know how local authorities are struggling right now? Um, maybe that's what local authorities could do. They could sell lay-bys to people. Oh, the last thing this country needs no. is the privatisation of laybys. <laughs> and you know what? Now you've said that out loud, some policy wonk for a political party, and we know which political party <laughs> is going to be considering this. <laughs> oh, good grief. We're going to sell off laybys, aren't we? I'm this so is, sorry. This is, this is how it happens. <laughs> sorry about this, everyone. <laughs> Laybys are going to go the way of the NHS and be able to bid for the running of a layby. 
you'd have to pay to use them, wouldn't you? Like like with toilets at train stations. Yeah, or get the money from the government that it is run by a third party who then just go, today, these bins are owned by... <laughs> these bins are owned by Centrica. They own all these things. All those companies. Yeah, Capita, yeah. who I used to work Capita, for. Capita, then. Yeah. 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 They'll yeah. own a dog poo bin on the side what? of the A470 now. <laughs> <laughs> They'll own a little sign that says, don't start a barbecue here. <laughs> Oh, God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I can't even remember what we were talking about. Um, oh, uh, yeah, if, or... if farmers yeah. found a meteor. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, if the meteor, if I'm just sitting looking out in my garden and a meteor landed on it, first of all, I'd be very impressed because our garden is tiny. So for okay. aim-wise, I, I'd be listen, really lucky. Three feet. Yeah. Three feet. Just about. <laughs> if it... If it if it landed the right right way, we could get it. Right. Okay. <laughs> but if I ended up getting the meteor in my garden, I would, you know, after they've done the science and they spent eight years measuring it, I would be like, okay, great, let's have it back. Can yeah, I have yeah. It back, please. I yeah. wouldn't want that gone forever. No. Would you Would you open up your garden to visitors? No, no. Maybe once a year, like open okay. house. Yeah. I'd be like, you can come in, you can look at the meteor. <laughs> you can have a garden party, like the Queen. <laughs> <laughs> For a pound, you can have your photo taken with the meteor. <laughs> Two pounds, you can touch the meteor. But you've got to sign a waiver before that, because I don't know what the meteor's. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and then I'd light it really well. I'd make sure that it looked Oh, good. you'd have to light it. Like, I'm thinking purples and greens. Yeah, that sort of thing. Mm, and then yeah. with some slightly spooky music behind it. <laughs> Dry ice. Yeah. At Christmas, I'll put a Santa hat on it. God, I've never wanted a meteor to hit your house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll dress it up season for season. So. Oh, it'd be great in... as an Easter egg. Oh, Easter egg. Perfect. Pink in um, uh, February for Valentine's Day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Put a crown on it for the Jubilee. (laughs) In 2014, 16-year-old Lewis Clark of Bristol set a new world record after becoming the youngest person to trek to the South Pole. Ooh, that's impressive. He only just turned 16 a couple of months previously, so technically he should be in school. Did he do this in a holiday? Does it? Well, no, he's done it in January. It took him 50 days. And he'll be sitting his GCSEs this summer. <laughs> Is it because, like, I, if a student tells you, I'm going to trek to the South Pole, are you just thinking, do you know what, this, chi- this child is... He either needs to do this or he's going to be a nuisance in my class if I don't let him go. <laughs> he's going to be a nuisance. <laughs> <laughs> Because he, you know, from that, from asking that question about can I go to trek to the South Pole, if mm. the teacher says no, you're on a whole new path then with that student, because that yes. student now for the next fifty days where he could be tracking is sat yeah. in your classroom. Can I go to the South Pole? Can I go to the South Pole? Can I go to the South Pole? Can I go to the? Tapping <laughs> their climbing gear on the desk loudly. Walking around school in skis. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, with a very, a very um, extreme take on the school uniform policy regarding <laughs> what coat you can wear. 
But it was just really weird because it's like they interview his mum, right? And she says, um, oh, That's where he's been. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, with teenagers, they're just in their room yeah. all day. Um, but it's really funny because her response to it is such a mum response. It's like, Coming home will be a bit weird for him, I'm sure, after seven weeks of almost complete solitude. Um, but it'll be a few days off, a party, and then on to GCSE revision. Yeah, brilliant. I wanted a mention of his GCSEs. I wanted to check that I'd got this right. He is doing his GCSEs yeah. this year. So what he's done, you know that period in your final year of school where everyone's like, your mocks are really important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's seen through the lie. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone, no, no, Mox is the time when I walk to Antarctica. Yeah. And then I'm back for the GCSEs. Yeah. But there will be bits where he'll, he'll just, he will be going into that physics exam going, if there is not something on absolute zero, I am absolutely screwed. <laughs> English, whatever the essay is, what I did on my holiday. Geography, please be something polar based. <laughs> Because I remember um, when I did my GCSEs, because I was really rubbish at science, I remember having to label a dialysis machine. And I remember thinking how envious I was of someone on dialysis. Because <laughs> they'd be able to answer the question. <laughs> I don't think you would. No, like, I don't think times... I would either, but at that because... moment, you know when you're a teenager and you just care about yourself. But, you know, when you... Because actually, I was going to say, that's a very pointless question on a GCSE yeah. exam, isn't it? Because yeah. in the event that I'm in hospital, I'm I'm not going to rely on... Th- th- no one's going to ask me, oh, um, there's the, d- the analysis machine is over there. You know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen one of them before. Yeah, that's it true. Was, oh. If you remember, it, it was the page after, how do you wire a plug? Because they... <laughs> Oh god! And imagine being on dialysis and then getting that question, and you haven't taken any any notice of what the nurses do. How to label a dialysis machine? Yeah, and and what the flow of it was like. No. Oh, in what subject? (laughs) Biology. No, I mean, I was, I was labeling hearts. Right. Think I might have had to label a stomach once. Yeah. An eye. Oh, the eye! They were obsessed with the eye. Absolutely obsessed with I was always labelled. I feel like I've labelled an eye. I think I labelled an eye every year between the age of about seven and sixteen, and each year they added an extra bit. <laughs> I think at seven it's like pupil, ball, done. <laughs> uh I'm pretty certain I never had to label a dialysis machine. Okay. Um I couldn't do it now. <laughs> so <laughs> the the interesting twist in this though, right, is that um because when they were talking to his family, there was another quote that said that um, that the family might be ready for a touch of normality after the three years it has taken to plan this expedition. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> so what, he was planning it but during his sats? <laughs> but, but the, and also, but that's just the planning. So when did he actually have the idea? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't go out with a dog one day and go, I've got a plan. <laughs> <laughs> I can, The thing is, I can imagine it happening in, in kind, of a, kind of a fantasy way. So like 
my kids for Christmas, uh, they got the Guinness Book of Records. They get one every year. My son especially is obsessed with it. And we sat mm. down to read through it the other day. And I can see how it kind of triggers your imagination. <laughs> but the one he wanted to do more than anything is just collect the most Pringles tubes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's great to read that book and go, I'm going to go for the one with the crisps. So he's obsessed with that. So I get it. I get how maybe he would have come across something to do with, you know, explorers and who was the youngest. Or maybe I could be the youngest. I, I get it. You have to read it in the Guinness Book of Records and then you have to wake up the next day and go, yeah, that's still the plan. So, yeah. So he had to plan for this, right? So he had to go snow training to Norway and Greenland and he had to, apparently had to drag a tyre over the Bristol Downs and Western Supermare Beach to simulate oh. pulling a supply sledge over the ice. What is this person doing now? I can't find him. I, oh. have, I know! It's the same as the meteor. So I've Googled him. I've, I've Googled... <laughs> what, he's in, he split the shards <laughs> at the end of the journey. <laughs> yeah, the, the Americans have taken bits of it. <laughs> it's got their relationship with China on a knife verge. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, and I, I imagine that wherever this lad is now, whatever he got in his GCSEs, he's always got in his CV that he's the youngest person to visit the South Pole. Mm. And unless your son wants to give it a go, he's got the, he's got all it takes. He's got the Guinness Book of Records. He does. It's this. It's this or Pringles. <laughs> In fact, you could do, do two it? for one and be the first person to get to the South Pole yes. on Pringles alone. <laughs> <laughs> Makes for a lovely photo opportunity. Yeah. Lovely. Oh, well, sponsorship-wise, he's done. Yes. Yeah. All he'd need to do is survive entirely on Pringles and grow a very, very complex moustache. And as long as he's got those two things done... <laughs> That Pringles are writing you a blank check for this. Last week, we covered, um, well, it was the Christmas Leftovers episode, and we ended up going back to uh, November 1991 and the proliferation of joyriding that was sweeping the UK. I mentioned that we had two cars stolen. Mm. I mentioned that one got stolen from the Toys R Us car park in Swansea. Um... Two facts I found out after that recorded because I spoke to my mum about it. The first was, ours was the fifth car stolen that day. My God. <laughs> and the other one was that my dad was the second Mr. Gwyn to have his car stolen from that car park that day. Shush. No. Which, yeah. But what does worry me is that from a GDPR point of view, there is no way that person on the phone should have told my dad that fact. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, I, I, how do you tell that fact to someone on the phone? Do you go like, "Ooh, here's a funny thing," because obviously my dad's just had his car stolen. He's not, he's not in the mood for quirky facts. I would no, imagine. No, but if I was a person on the other end of the line, I and I would be filling in these details all day about all these thefts and stuff. If suddenly someone's ringing again, giving me the same details... Yeah, I wonder if that might be how it came up. Yeah. 
I think someone must have gone, haven't you called before? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. If you want to get in touch about anything we've covered in this week's episode or about whether your car was stolen in 1991, then you can on the com, or you can send a message on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And yeah, that's pretty much the main ones. If you know anyone who you think would like this podcast, um, do let them know because... I was thinking about this the other day. In terms of promotion, we are the generation who thought the best way to promote something was to project a picture of Gail Porter onto the side of the Houses of Parliament. (laughs) And Gareth's put his foot down and he will not do it. (laughs) I feel feel like we're going to need help in getting word out is what I'm saying. Yeah. (laughs) We were given bad examples. So thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week with an episode. Bye. (laughs) 